This is Radio Life Sciences, a podcast by the Graduate School of Life Sciences for the Graduate School of Life Sciences. Well, uh, welcome everyone uh, to our podcast. Uh, my name is Franca van Heijningen and I am a second year GSLS student in the Biofabrication uh, Master Program. And today I'm recording the podcast together with uh, Dr. Harald van Rijen, or Director of the GSLS. Yes, uh, thank you, Franca. Yes, indeed. Today we have not one, but two interviewees. And uh, both our interviewees work at the international office uh, we're happy to introduce them to you, uh, Nadine Nonnekes and Tamar Abrahamian. Uh, Tamar works at the International Office of the Science Faculty, so for the Biosciences programs, and Nadine at the International Office of the UMC Utrecht, so for the students of the Biomedical Sciences programs. Uh, we are very excited to uh, get to know them better. Um, moreover, uh, we will ask them what um, uh, their job at the International Office is all about, but also how the current corona crisis has an influence on their work, both professionally and personally, and what they think about the current rules of the EU and therefore also of the uh, GSLS to internships abroad. Because you may know that at current students are not allowed to travel to countries with both orange or red for their, for their internship, unless they are living abroad and doing the internship there or when they need to travel to their home country for personal reasons. Um, so let's start with a, a more of a personal question, um, uh, Tamar. So where do you work uh, most frequently now? Uh, from home or office, from your kitchen table, the backyard? Um... <laughs> uh, I, I work from home, 100% from home. Um, so uh, we, we do have a spare room because my eldest is, uh, is already studying. So we have a spare room. And uh, I, I, I usually sit there, um, but also at the kitchen table. I try to vary a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, uh, it's, it's quite an adjustment to be at home uh, all the time and only doing uh, 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 yeah, all my work online. It's, um, yeah, but it is uh, something we have to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, for you, uh, Nadine? Yeah, I also work from home, like uh, four days uh, per week. Um, most of the time, I also work in a spare room. Uh, I moved to a new house last year, and we had one spare room left in the house. And I'm really happy that we had one spare room, uh, room left. But sometimes I also work from the kitchen table. But uh, I have a very small son. He's just uh, one year old. And mm. on Monday... Uh, Either my parents or my parents-in-law, they babysit my son. And so then I work from the spare room upstairs. But still, it's a bit weird to work upstairs and to hear your son uh, all crying or laughing or mm. yeah, playing. Um, that's, that's a bit like the social uh, life is a bit interfering with your work life. And that's a bit difficult. Okay. Um... Let's um, um, talk a little bit more professional. So you both work at the international office. Um, but could you shortly describe um, your education and your career choices until now, uh, Nadine? Oh, that's a difficult question. I studied uh, human geography and urban planning, and I did a master, master's in urban planning. 
but when I graduated, that was in um, 2011 or 2012, I forgot. Uh, but at, at that time, there was an economic crisis. And it was almost impossible to find a job in urban planning. Um, and so uh, uh, I found a job at the Utrecht Summer School. And I started at the lowest position as the, uh, uh, we call that a, a summer assistant. And I really enjoyed my time at the Utrecht Summer School. And after one and a half year, I moved to the position of coordinator and I coordinated the summer school for four to five years. And Utrecht Summer School is Europe's largest summer school and it's an initiative from Utrecht University. Uh, but they also offer courses from the University of Applied Sciences in Utrecht. And they have uh, more than 4,000 international students per year each summer. Um, but after four or five years of coordination, um, I thought it was uh, time for something new. And I found a job at, uh, at the UMC Utrecht as uh, the coordinator of the international office. Um, so, but I don't have a, a, back, a background in, in internationalization or uh, whatsoever. I, I'm still an urban planner. <laughs> <laughs> so how did that work for you um, um, well I studied uh, English language and uh, literature at Utrecht University uh, a little bit longer ago <laughs> I graduated in 1994 um, and then uh, um, I ended up at an international uh, a pro a project manager and um, and then I also did a, a communication uh, an additional communication education uh, so I ended up more communication related jobs at uh, financial companies mm -hmm. big companies like uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers and uh, uh, um, I, uh, in the banking industry banking and insurances but after a while, I thought, well, it's all about the money. <laughs> and I, I wanted to, do, to change to a more nonprofit uh, job because that's, yeah, I, I, I feel like I want to contribute something uh, more than just making profit and money. And then I was very pleased that I was able to get a job at the Faculty of Science of Utrecht University back at my alma mater. And um, well, I very much enjoy it. And uh, just uh, I worked for the communication department for 10 years, organizing all the, um, uh, the, the information about our, uh, our education, our bachelor programs, our master programs. And always was very interested also in the international part. So how do we promote our, uh, our, uh, our programs uh, abroad? And how do we make sure that all the international students uh, get the right information? And when they come here, that they feel um, uh, so uh, quickly at home. And, um, uh, and now a year ago, I made a switch from the communication department to uh, a student affairs. So I'm a policy advisor now with a focus on internationalization. And I work closely together with our, um, our officer at the Science uh, uh, International Office. 
And I'm very happy to do that because now I see a different side of our organization and I um, am very eager to um, uh, yeah, um, continue what I already started with communication, but now in a more on the more on the policy side. Yeah, great. Thank you. Franca. Yes, I was also uh, wondering, uh, I think you kind of already gave the answer, but like, what are the aspects uh, which make your job like very interesting and fun to do? Uh, maybe first, uh, Nadine? Um, um, I haven't told this, but I'm also a policy officer and I coordinate in the international office. And what I really like is the uh, the mix between policy and the uh, just the, the daily work at the international office. Um, and that's what my opinion sometimes is that if you make policy, it also must be um, uh, the persons who do the administration uh, needs to work with the policy. And I really like it that you set up some policy, you write the policy, and you also think, okay, is it possible for the international to work this out? And I really like the mix between doing the policy and uh, just the, the coordination, the daily work at the international office. And, and of course, and yes, Nadine. What I also like is is uh, um, uh, uh, normally before Corona, uh, it's a very um, uh, Everyone, students are always eager and are really uh, willing to go abroad. So if they come to the international office, they are always like, oh, can I please go abroad? Where can I go? How should I organize it? And it's, uh, students are always happy. And that's what I really like about the job. And of course, now it's a bit different because there are so many restrictions. But normally, it's, it's a very nice job. <laughs> yeah, especially during Corona times, it should be like also a bit difficult then, I uh, can imagine. Yeah. And maybe also to like a bit disappoint students, maybe. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. But we will also uh, talk, to that, uh, talk about that later uh, in the podcast. Yeah. Um, and you, uh, Tamar, what's, uh, what does the, what aspect was, what aspect, what aspect, okay. <laughs> what aspects made the job uh, the most interesting and fun to do for you? Well, like I said before, I have a great interest in internationalization. Uh, so uh, I love every aspect of my job <laughs> because I am the contact person within our faculty when it, uh, where internationalization is concerned. So I, I love to be able to uh, um, uh, stimulate uh, both student mobility, staff mobility, and initiate uh, new projects uh, uh, yeah, uh, around internationalization. Um, and um, um, yeah, uh, like I said before, I think that internationalization gives, uh, um, uh, has so much added value uh, in, in this world. We are a global world. We see that now with, with the COVID uh, uh, that, that hit worldwide, you have to work together uh, worldwide. So I think that if we, uh, um, if we offer our students an international uh, experience within the program, um, that they are already better prepared for what's after that. 
Um, and I want to make sure that uh, while they're studying, international students study with us, that they have the best experience. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I really love that I'm able, because I firmly believe in these, in these values and these uh, basic goals, uh, in these goals, I, I'm very happy that I can, uh, yeah, participate in that. Yes, thank you. And then I was also wondering, like, which aspects are like the most challenging of your uh, jobs? Nadine? Oh, that's a difficult question. Um, let me think. Uh, one of the most difficult aspects, and that happened uh, a few times, and of course, uh, uh, during the COVID outbreak, um, uh, sometimes things can go wrong and um, students can go to a country and the situation in the country can change. Um, we had that situation in Hong Kong last year. Uh, we also had uh, a situation in Sierra Leone in, uh, in 2019, uh, but also, of course, the corona outbreak in, in March. And that means that we need to strongly advise students to return home or to return to the Netherlands. And that's a very stressful situation. Um, uh, you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you don't know uh, whether your advice is, is, is the best advice at the moment. Um, um, it, it causes a lot of panic uh, for the students who are abroad um, and you are um, in another country. So you can, of course, help them through email or Skype or whatsoever, but um, you can't take them by the hand and bring them back to the Netherlands. Um, and that, that, that causes a lot of stress for me as well. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. And how is this uh, for you, Tamar? Oh, well, the same. And I think that um, uh, the, the, uh, the fact that everything is so unsure for, for, uh, yeah, for a long time still, I mean, in, in, in March, we were hopeful that it would soon be over, that we were, would mm -hmm. only be at home for a couple of months. But then we soon realized that this is going to take a long, long time. And um, yeah, it's, it's that insecurity that, that, that uh, you don't know what's coming. I think that's uh, at the moment very, very um, yeah, stressful, uh, both uh, for us, for our employees, but for our students, for everybody who wants to make plans for the, for the, for the future. And um, yeah, I think the, the greatest challenge is to, to stay in contact with each other and talk about it and see what we can do instead of uh, if, if we know what we can't do or our things are unsure. But let's see uh, if, if we can um, yeah, find alternatives for things that we know we can do. That's, uh, yeah, under these extreme uh, and, and very... Uh, stressful uh, circumstances also for the teachers who are doing so much their best to to give the best uh, possible uh, education uh, 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 yeah, education at the moment that's a big challenge yeah to continue on this line a little bit um, the uh, um, the rules are quite clear and strict now nevertheless um, there, there are a lot of requests from our students uh, uh, as you said uh, Nadine they're really eager to go abroad yeah Could you um, maybe give your view on the on the, the current rules and what you expect that uh, they will um, uh, the impact that they will have 
Yeah, well, indeed, the rules are quite clear. You you cannot travel or you're not allowed to travel to a country with a uh, or a region with a red or orange travel advice. And, and unfortunately, that's the case for uh, at least all countries uh, uh, except Europe. But um, uh, uh, the number of infections in Europe is increasing. And so also a lot of countries in Europe now have a negative travel advice. Um, and I think the, the rules are quite clear, but still a lot of students are hoping that, um, um, that they're still allowed to travel because they're going to a very, uh, very uh, uh, highly ranked institute. Or uh, for some cases, students would like to travel to a, a European country. And uh, four weeks ago, the European country still had a, um, a yellow travel advice, which is a, a good travel advice, uh, but it changed into uh, red or orange. Um, yeah, I think the rules are quite clear, but I also understand that the students is really e students are really eager to go um, to go abroad. The only thing I can say, also from my per personal point of view, I think our Dutch Ministry of, of Foreign Affairs has been very clear: don't don't travel, don't do it. Also, not for your studies. I, I yeah, don't do it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's. Um... So um, I, I understand and I know it's frustrating and we're really trying from, from the school to offer as many alternatives uh, as possible. And um, I was intrigued, uh, Tamar, by mm -hmm. something that I read on your um, LinkedIn page oh. about um, um, uh, collaborative online international learning. This is like, a, a, is this a, a, a move forward? Can you, um, I know, Nadine, that you're... Um, involved in this as well. Could you yes. tell a bit more about this? Shall I? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, uh, collaborative online international learning. That's, um, yeah, uh, uh, something, uh, yeah, it's also understood as, as online exchange or virtual exchange. Um, it's, it's, um, uh, it's something that uh, uh, worldwide there have been initiatives uh, already for this. Uh, at our university, not so much. What it means is that you give a course uh, together with an international partner um, uh, where students uh, participate together online. Um, so you don't have to travel for it, but you do get an international experience while studying uh, in your own home country. Um, and well, uh, since everything is online now, I think this is the moment to embrace this, because if you can't travel uh, ab abroad, this does give you the opportunity to meet other international students, to look at subjects from an international perspective and, and, and still work together uh, on, on projects, on presentations and get that international experience. So um, I, I know that uh, um, all faculties within the university are interested in doing so. So um, yeah, I, 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 and, but I, I do understand that um, since teachers are very busy at the moment, it's, it's very difficult to make some room for new initiatives, but I do hope that uh, in the near future we'll be able to um, yeah, go forward with this. Okay, yeah, it's well. lovely to hear about uh, this uh, great initiative, but I was also actually uh, wondering something else. Like, did you ever travel abroad during your own studies? And uh, maybe also what did it bring to you professionally as a person? 
or what did it bring to you? What did it bring to you uh, professionally and as a person? <laughs> uh, Tamar? Well, I'm ashamed to say I didn't travel during my studies. Um, no, I I, um, I didn't have a lot of money. I, I, I paid for my own uh, education. My parents didn't have enough uh, money. Um, so I always worked and uh, it was very hard for me to, uh, to get through, uh, yeah, to finance my education. And I didn't see any means to go abroad. And I really, really... <laughs> Hmm. Um, yeah, would have wanted to, and so if I could study again, I would surely do it. But uh, no, I, but after my studies, when I started making money, I, I, I yeah, I traveled a lot and made up for it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And uh, what about you, Nadine? Oh, I'm really happy that I'm not the only one in internationalization who didn't travel abroad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I also didn't. Um, uh, I well, I studied urban planning in, uh, in Utrecht, at Utrecht University, and urban planning it's a really Dutch thing. Uh, we're such a small country and uh, a really dense country, and we have the uh, we have the best urban planning system in the world. Um, so students come to the Netherlands to study urban planning, and it's not very uh, normal to go abroad for urban planning. Um, yeah, so I didn't travel abroad uh, and I, I really regret it. And that's for me the main reason to work for an international office, to really convince students to go abroad. This is the only time during your life that you have the opportunity to go abroad for like uh, three to six months. And um, I think it's, it's uh, such uh, a wonderful experience. And um, if you ever start, if, once you start working, you don't have the opportunity anymore to go abroad for such a long time uh, on your own. Uh, 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 you don't have any obligations such as family or uh, a mortgage or whatsoever. So mm. please take the opportunity. And if it's not Corona time, go abroad. Yeah, that's the only thing I can say. I traveled a lot after my studies, um, but traveling is definitely not the same as studying abroad. Because if you study abroad and you stay at the same place for a couple of months, you really learn uh, the culture. And if you travel, you just see the uh, touristic attractions and uh, touristic sites, but that's not the real world. Yeah, the, um, um, well, yes. Um, I, I didn't go abroad during my study. But, <laughs> but, uh, on the other hand, and this is something that we hear from... Uh, uh, the, um, the hosting institutions abroad, that uh, we do have an excellent education system in the Netherlands. We do, we do. We yeah. sent a, um, a master student in their second internship abroad. They're usually much better than any PhD student in, uh, in the USA or in another country. Not sure whether this is a cultural thing mm. or that um, um, we have a special system in which uh, the graduate phase is actually divided in a, a separate research a two year research master and a four year PhD, so that they're even in their second year of the master already ahead of a regular graduate student in, uh, in the USA. So I'm just saying this, but, but please uh, um, give me your feedback that the, the current situation now that you may have to do your internship in the Netherlands may not be a loss um, um, in, in terms of quality. But uh, um, so how do you um, appreciate this? I agree. 
also with um it's not only for the master's program harold it's also uh, for the bachelor program um we have an exchange for the for the biomedical uh, science bachelor program and students from abroad have difficulties following uh, the courses because that level is is so high compared to their home countries so yeah we have a very very good education system yeah yeah, and I think I personally experienced that on my own because uh, I did a bachelor in biomedical sciences and I did go abroad to Australia. But when I was there, I kind of experienced that maybe like the, the level of education was maybe a bit lower than in Utrecht. And that was something I did not expect. But still, I had like a great experience over there. And okay. so, yeah. Oh, Franca, now I, I remind you, you uh, uh, were one of the exchange students two years ago, right? Uh, yeah, maybe three years ago already, but yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, my I first also... year for the international office. Uh... Oh, okay. Yeah, I also gave uh, like a presentation to yeah. uh, bachelor students <laughs> about my experience. And yeah, it was quite fun to do as well. <laughs> Okay, maybe this is a, a good time to move on to the Proust questionnaire. Uh, these are some like smaller, a bit more personal questions. Uh, but please just like tell us whatever comes into your mind first. Uh, maybe we can start with uh, Tamar for the first question. And that is, uh, what are your favorite qualities in a person? My favorite qualities in a person, um, uh, honesty, um, uh, um, kindness, uh, and um, spontaneity. Hmm. I like outgoing people and uh, um, yeah, open people. And for you, uh, Nadine? Well, it's a difficult question, but I agree with, uh, with kindness and honesty. And I really like if a person takes you who you are. Because I can be a, a kind of an introvert person. And that doesn't mean that I'm shy. Uh, so you really need to, to get to know me before uh, you really uh, embrace me. So um, yeah, I really like if people take you uh, who you are. And what do you dislike the most then, uh, Nadine? Um, if people don't listen and uh, I'd also like if uh, pessimistic people. And you, Tamar? Uh, what I always have difficulty with is people who uh, go over your boundaries, who, d who don't um, consider you and are only busy with themselves. And um, uh, as a person who, who finds it difficult to uh, say, hey, <laughs> what about me? Uh, so that's, that's sometimes difficult for me. Yeah. And dishonesty, of course. I don't like dishonesty. It's a big no-no. Uh, Nadine, uh, what is your most marked characteristic? Uh, I have a lisp. I... <laughs> <laughs> and um, oh, it's a good question. Um, I'm a very responsible person. I think, yeah, 
I'm very responsible. And you, Tamar? Um, I don't know. I like to laugh. I like humor. I <laughs> I like fun things. <laughs> Just and spontaneity. If you say, "Shall we go to uh, Paris this evening?" I will say yes. <laughs> well, I wish we could now. <laughs> yeah, I wish. I wish. <laughs> Otherwise, I would I would have said yes. <laughs> yeah, let's go. And now maybe a bit more like difficult question, um, Nadine. If you could talk to anyone who lived before you, who would that person be? Um, I think that would have been my grand-grandmothers. Um, if you send me an email, you will say that my email address is w.d.nonicus. Um, so my official name is not Nadine, but it's Wilhelmina Dina. And I'm named after my grand-grandmothers, Wilhelmina and uh, Dina. And um, if my mother tell something about them she's always very proud and she say that they're both like really tough women both women uh women's and um uh, uh, they both uh, uh uh lived for a very long time they both were like 90 uh, when they died uh, so she's always uh, telling me that all the women in that uh family have very good genes <laughs> so i hope i have the same um um, so I really would like to talk to them. Why did they, why did my parents name me after them? Why are they so proud of them? Hmm. Yeah. And uh, you, Tamar? Who would you like to talk to? Oh, so many people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, in my in my spare time, I sing a lot. I'm also a jazz singer. So I would have loved to meet Aretha Franklin. She is my uh, yeah, idol. <laughs> I think she's she's wonderful in, 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 in her in her music and also a very strong woman. Of course, a black woman uh, who had difficulty uh, uh, getting where she uh, had, go go going ahead. And uh, I would I would love to uh, yeah chat with her and, and learn from her if only. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nadine, uh, your favorite occupation or what do you enjoy doing the most? Um, well, I love to cook. I really love to cook. Um, but to be honest, I, I have a very small son and I work a lot these days because it's very hectic at work. And uh, when I finish, I play with my son, give him food, uh, mm. him in bath, etc., and um, to be honest, I don't have much time left to cook or uh, uh, to bake a cake or something. Uh, but that's that's my favorite hobby. And you, Tamar? Singing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's a second job because, uh, uh, yeah, I sing with my own guitarist. I sing in a music theater group. I sing with a band. I sing in a choir. Um, yeah. Singing. Can I ask you something, Tamar? Sure. Do you now then sing also through Zoom or Webex or? Uh... No, no. Unfortunately, that doesn't work. We tried, but it uh, it doesn't work. In the past few months, when we were still able to uh, meet in, in 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 small groups, we uh, we sang in the garden of uh, 
uh, of, of uh, my choir, uh, somebody from the choir. And um, yeah, so there's not a lot of singing going on. I even sing online uh, on, uh, yeah, I found something that's uh, singing online, but you, you don't hear, uh, uh, you don't hear each other. I only hear the teacher and, um, and we see the other uh, uh, members who join on the chat. But uh, next week I will uh, do a little rehearsal with my guitarist because with them we were the two of us. So, yeah. But it's that's uh, something I miss so much. Yeah, yeah. Because it's also a way of expressing yourself and yeah, letting out emotions. Mm -hmm. So I really miss that a lot. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, um, Nadine. Uh, which place in the Netherlands does feel very special to you and why? Um, well, I grew up in Zalbommel. That's a place in the, in the south of... No, it's not really the south, middle to south of the Netherlands. Um, and I lived there for 20 years. I think um, so. For, for me, that's a very special place. And also Goes in Zeeland. That's uh, a city in, in the uh, uh, southern province. And, um, and my father is from Zealand and every uh, holiday uh, um, my, my parents are both teachers so they also had a lot of holidays and uh, each holiday uh, we spent at least one or two days in Zeeland um, so I have very good uh, memories about uh, Goes and the city where my father is from and you Tamar? Uh, I grew up in Amersfoort and um uh, so uh, it's a beautiful city. Uh, if you ever want to see a beautiful city in Holland, while you can't go abroad, visit Amersfoort. It's <laughs> not very far from Utrecht. But I really loved my student uh, time in Utrecht uh, because for me, it meant a new beginning, um, a, a start of a new life uh, without parents uh, and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, everybody keeping, keep, keeping an eye on you because I had very strict parents. So uh, yeah, I loved everything about uh, being a student in Utrecht. That's the, mm. yeah. I, I don't live in Utrecht anymore. Um, I, I live in Soest, which is close by. But still, uh, yeah, if, if, I, if I can, I would like to move back to Utrecht. I love it. It's beautiful. And, um, well, actually, every podcast, we kind of, like, end up with, like, a book recommendation. Uh, so we would also like to ask that question to you. So, which book do you advise our listeners to read and why? Maybe, uh, who, who would like to start? <laughs> well, one of my favorite authors is John Irving. Uh, and the one I loved most was A Prayer for Owen Meany. Um, if, if you know, yeah, if you know John Irving, he, he describes always these characters with strange characteristics and you think, well, why? Why is he describing this? Where is this leading to? And then in the end, you go, oh, this is why he describes <laughs> these crazy things. And uh, he, he has a wonderful way of story, uh, storytelling. And, uh, well, if you haven't read him, read A Prayer for Oomini. Yeah, I loved it. Well, thank you for the tip. Uh, Nadine, what would you uh, recommend to uh, our listeners? 
Well, I went on holiday four weeks ago and um, uh, always before I go on holiday, I buy one book uh, and I bought The Meeste Mense Deugen. It's, it's a Dutch uh, book and I don't think there's a, a, a translation already. I think there is because uh, Renske, uh, also, uh, who was uh, Renske de Klein, who was the interviewee of our previous episodes, he also uh, recommended this book. I think it's called Humankind. Humankind. I will uh, oh. we'll check it out. Yeah, so I haven't finished it, but it's a very good one. So it's uh, I will definitely recommend it. Yeah, if you if you're naive, it's a perfect book. Yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> so it's a real good recommendation. <laughs> Advise it to everyone, indeed. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I heard the recommendation from other people bef- uh, as well, and I was wondering if you read the book, do you then have a more positive uh, view of the world? Or um, okay, the, the the English title is <laughs> "Humankind: A Hopeful History." Um, so it um, well hopefully. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a naive, uh, optimistic, um, um, mm. easy believer. So, um, um, yes, it helped. It, uh, there were some, let's say, uh, positive explanations of things that are usually communicated in a negative way, like the extinction of uh, Easter Island, stuff like that. So, um, mm. and also the most intriguing uh, um, idea was that we're like a domesticated form of a primate. So we domesticated ourselves, that mm. we're like... A, so that's why we became had a more uh, puppy experience um, 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 that we look more like puppies than most of the apes. It's I, I like that story especially. Okay, um, I think um, uh, we have to close uh, for now. So uh, uh, Nadine and Tamar, uh, thank you so much um, for uh, the, for your time uh, for the inspiring uh, conversation. Um, I think if um, our students want to learn more about the current rules and regulations and opportunities for, uh, in with regard to um, uh, international education, they can go to uh, uh, our study guide and they may find even your email addresses that if they yeah. want to approach you in a, um, uh, personally. And uh, for now, thank you all. Thanks for tuning in and um, you'll hear from us again soon. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice to be uh, here. Thanks. Bye. 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 This was an episode of Radio Life Sciences, the podcast channel of the Graduate School of Life Sciences. Thank you so much for listening and hope to see you back next time.